0: It's story time. We are back to the Ramayana, literally the journeys of Lord Rama, one of the two most famous epics from the Hindu scriptural treasures, the other being the Mahabharata. We look at the main antagonist of the epic, Ravana, the powerful badass, villainous ten-headed demon, who had defeated everyone in the three worlds. Of course, as in all good epics, his ass got fairly and squarely kicked in the end by the good guy. As we shall soon see, Ravana was an amazingly fascinating character if you ignore all his naughty behavior. Ravana was the eldest son of Sage Vishrava and Kakeshi. Sage Vishrava's father, Pulastya, was one of the ten Prajapatis or mind-born sons of the Creator, Brahma one of the Saptarishis, the seven illustrious sages who received the supreme knowledge directly from Lord Shiva to disseminate into the world, and the brother of the celebrated Sage Agastya. Sage Vishrava was himself a scholar par excellence and a mighty sage who had earned great powers through penance. His mother, Kakeshi's father, was Somali, the king of the rakshasas, demons, seeking to increase his power through alliances. He wanted his daughter Kakeshi to marry the most powerful man in the world and produce an exceptional heir. Having heard of sage Vishrava's prowess, Somali arranged for his daughter Kakeshi to ensnare the sage with her beauty and charms and thus, orchestrated their marriage. Ravana and his siblings were born to the couple. His stepbrother was Lord Kibera, the god of wealth, and the ruler of the prosperous kingdom of Lanka, which was said to have been made of gold. Despite being aggressive and arrogant since his youth, Ravana was an exemplary scholar who mastered the scriptures, the four Vedas and the six Shastras, and the arts under his father's tutelage. His ten heads are symbolic of his vast knowledge and mastery of these ten holy books. After his education, he and his brothers Kumbhakarna and Vibasana set out to Mount Gokarna and performed severe penance and austerities for 11,000 years and thus appeased his great-grandfather Lord Brahma who blessed him with divine weapons, a chariot and mastery of the occult sorcery and shapeshifting. When offered a boon by Lord Brahma, he requested immortality which Brahma refused, citing his own mortality. He then requested the boon of invincibility from all the creations of Brahma, deities, demigods, spirits, demons, serpents, and so on, all except humans and animals. Ravana's arrogance led him to leave out these two from his invincibility pack, since he treated them with contempt, deeming them unworthy of any competition. Thus, he unwittingly left the door open to invite the human, Lord Rama, the monkey, Lord Hanuman, and the army of monkeys, bears and other animals to kick his royal ass and dispatch him back to the boon-giving creator. I feel the article The Top 100 Things I would Do If I Ever Became an Evil Overlord should be a must-read for all evil overlords, so they learn from past mistakes of other evil overlords. On receiving the boons, he approached his maternal grandfather, Somali and took charge of his Rakshasa armies. He first invaded and usurped his brother Lord Kibera's kingdom of Lanka and made it his capital. He also stole the Pushpaka Vimana, the airplane that Lord Kibera flew. He then established his superiority over the heavens, earth and then netherworlds, thus becoming the unchallenged ruler of the three worlds. Such was his supremacy that he decided when the sun would rise and set. The deities and the planets had become his slaves. Before the birth of his son, Indrajit, he determined the most auspicious positions for the planets and commanded them to be seated where he wanted. Unfortunately for Ravana, Lord Shani, Saturn, played spoilsport. Ravana punished Lord Shani by crippling him. Despite his characterization as an evil demon, Ravana was a noble, just incapable ruler, who appointed Shukracharya, the guru of the demons, as his priest and advisor. From Shukracharya, he mastered economics, political science and statesmanship. Ravana was also a renowned physician and authored seven books on Ayurveda, Siddha medicine, pediatrics, etc. He was also a master astrologer, having authored the Ravana Samhita, an anthology of Vedic astrology. He has also authored books on Sanskrit, commentaries on the scriptures, and many more. That is one hell of a learned and knowledgeable evil demon. Ravana is considered one of the greatest devotees of Lord Shiva. Once Ravana saw his mother doing an Abhishekam, ritual bathing, of the Shiva lingam, an idol representation of Lord Shiva. When he inquired what she was doing, she mentioned that she was doing ritual bathing of Lord Shiva. He asked his mother where Lord Shiva lived to which his mother responded. Atop Mount Kailash. The haughty Ravana told his mother that it was unbecoming of her to bathe an idol. As the mother of Ravana, she deserved to bathe the Lord himself. He set off to Mount Kailash with the desire to get it to Lanka. On reaching Kailash, he attempted to lift the mountain setting it to start rumbling. What followed next is the typical set of events that happen in a married man's home. The husband is sitting peacefully in a no-thought state, staring into space. An alarmed wife screaming at her husband to do something. Husband in a chilled-out state wonders why the wife is so excited. He nods to give her some visual clue that he has noticed her yapping. Of course, he doesn't give a shit and ignores her hoping she will go away. The wife seeing no action from her husband, gets even more agitated. In the meantime, the children are also screaming and crying. Finally, a husband sighs and decides to do something to make the nagging wife and children go away. Thus, the nagging wife and child make a chilled-out man take it out on another chilled-out man, thus creating two non-chilled-out men in addition to the original problem, i.e., the nagging wife and children. This, in short, is the problem with the world since Adam decided to make better use of a spare rib. The snake, like the well-meaning ant, only convinced Adam that it would be a good idea for him to get hitched. The forbidden fruit was the better half. God of course, knew what was coming and kicked Adam and Eve far away from where he would not be easily bothered by their everyday drama. Back to our story. So, Lord Shiva presses his pinky toe on the ground and the mountain crushes and traps Ravana under it. The earth is said to have quaked with Ravana's cry of pain when the mountain was pinned upon him. That was when Shiva named him Ravana, which means he, of the terrifying roar, his original name was Dashanana, the one with the ten heads. For the first time, Ravana met someone more powerful than him he was seized with intense devotion for Lord Shiva. He did what most sensible people do when they have too much time on their hands, start a musical band. Expecting a short trip, Ravana had not packed his musical instruments. He got creative and created the Ravanhatha, a stringed instrument, using his fallen hands as the stem, one of his heads, which he ripped off, as the resonator and the tendons, sinews and nerves of his hands as the strings. Being a musical maestro, he composed the Shiva Tandava Stotram, Rudra Stotram, and other devotional hymns and sang them to Lord Shiva. Ravana's enchanting, exquisite music and pure devotion moved Lord Shiva to tears, who forgave and released him from under Mount Kailash after 1009 years. In addition, Lord Shiva gave Ravana his indestructible sword Chandrasa and a part of himself, Amalingan, for Ravana's mother's worship. An evil demon who was considered one of the greatest devotees of Lord Shiva. Hmm. Note to readers, the above has been attempted by a crazy tan-headed demon trapped under a mountain with nothing to lose. Please do not try this at home. Ravana then kidnapped Mother Sita, which soon brought Lord Rama, her husband, along with his hastily cobbled but fierce animal army at his doorstep. When Lord Rama reached the shores of Lanka, his advisors asked him to perform a powerful fire ceremony to propitiate Lord Shiva and get Lord Shiva's blessings for his victory. Lord Rama agreed and asked them to discuss the necessary details. They discussed among themselves and understand that the presiding priest must be a master of the scriptures, an exceptional scholar and an ardent devotee of Lord Shiva. The only one who fit the bill was. Desu. Ravana. Lord Rama sent a request to Ravana through a messenger. Lord Ravana agreed to preside over the Puja. As a Brahmin, he had to accept any request for performing a rite, even if it was to his detriment. Similarly, as a king, he couldn't deny any request made by a subject. Lord Rama was in Lanka and hence qualified as one. Ravana came to Lord Rama's camp and inspected the location, and gave precise instructions on the setup, the materials to be used, the tasks, the procedure, and so on. He noted a possible problem, a married man conducting a ceremony must be accompanied by his wife for the ceremony to bear fruit, in this case, Lord Rama's wife had been kidnapped by Ravana. Lord Rama deftly reminded Ravana that it was left to him to provide a solution as the presiding priest. Ravana thought it over and then suggested that he will bring Sita for the ceremony under the condition that Lord Rama allowed her to return with Ravana when the ceremony was done. Lord Rama agreed. As decided, Ravana brought Sita and conducted the ceremony perfectly as laid out in the scriptures. When the ceremony was concluded, the royal couple paid their respects to Ravana as the presiding priest and prostrated at his feet. He asked them to request a blessing from him. Mother Sita requested for her husband's long life. Ravana said. Tatastu. So be it. Dash which ensured that Lord Rama couldn't die at his hands. When it is Lord Rama's turn he said, please bless me so I can kill my enemy, Ravana. Ravana repeated, Tatastu. He blessed his enemy with long life and with the boon to successfully kill him. An evil demon who is ethical to the core in his chosen dispensation, Brahman, and profession, king. The ceremony thus completed, Ravana returned to Lanka with Sita, and a terrible war ensued between Lord Rama and Ravana and their respective armies. In the end, Lord Rama fatally wounded Ravana, thus ending the war. When Ravana lay dying on the battlefield, Lord Rama asked his brother Lakshmana to request Ravana to impart his knowledge and wisdom, lest the knowledge is lost with his death. Lakshmana came near Ravana, stood near his head, and made the request. Ravana ignored Lakshmana and closed his eyes. Lakshmana conveyed this to Lord Rama. Lord Rama chided Lakshmana for this insolent behavior adding that this was no way to treat such a great scholar, no matter his current predicament. Lord Rama said that the right way to approach a teacher is with complete humility at his feet. Lord Rama approached Ravana thus and requested him to impart his knowledge and wisdom. Ravana approved Lord Rama's approach and told Lakshmana to learn the proper etiquette from his illustrious brother. He transferred all his knowledge and wisdom. An evil demon who is magnanimous in death as in life. I am not privy to what was shared in the handover, but here are a few nuggets of wisdom. One is common sense, do not piss off your charioteer, your gatekeeper, your cook and your brother. They can screw you unexpectedly in more ways than one. Another one which I love is defer bad actions to the future. Do good actions immediately. This will hold you in good stead throughout your life. Mohanji always says, Shubhasaya Shigram, do the auspicious now. In his guru Pranima Satsang in the Festival of Consciousness, Mohanji also said, be aware of bad thoughts that may harm you. Be aware, watch them, do not act upon them and slowly let them drop off. Either Mohanju was there at the handover, or this may be standard guidelines in the book of life, the universe and everything, that all the masters have access to. Painting Ravana, or Hitler, with the demon brush may be too simplistic. In Ravana's case, a tad unfair. Too often, we tend to paint people in black and white, good people and bad people, while in reality, all are a shade of gray. The potential for a Gandhi and a Hitler exists in each one. A robber Ratnakara filled with remorse became sage Valmiki overnight, while one of the most powerful devotees of Lord Shiva, driven by ego and lust, became Ravana. As Mohanji says, what we feed, thus we are. When we taint with our monochrome brushes and label people as demons, we ignore the demon sitting within us, just waiting for the right opportunity to unleash itself beyond our control. Like the Incredible Hulk the ultimate devotee thinks of his chosen deity all the time. Ravana used one of the lesser-known devotions, virata Bhakti, the devotion of enmity, that resulted in intense hatred for Lord Rama, whom he thought of every moment of his life. He thus guaranteed his liberation. He further kidnapped Mother Sita to piss off Lord Rama, an avatar of Lord Vishnu, enough to come after him and kill him. When you die at the hands of an avatar, you are instantly liberated. Thus, Lord Rama helped Ravana give up his demon form, release him from all his terrible sins, and grant him moksha, liberation. Ravana just played his villain role exceptionally well in the script of the Avatar Lord Rama's life and was rewarded with liberation. In hindsight, Ravana brilliantly engineered a perfect exit. Wise demon, indeed. What of us with our demons lurking inside?